Welcome to The Money Show. I'm Bruce Whitfield. It's good to have you with us this evening. I'm trying to get hold of Peter Anderson in London this evening to talk about the big vote that could decide the future of the United Kingdom. I see Gordon Brown, who was briefly Prime Minister of Britain before losing the election to David Cameron's Conservative Party in the coalition formed of the Liberal Democrats in Britain, has delivered a very, very strong speech this evening of passionate final plea to save the Union, the United Kingdom of, of, of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Uh, and real questions as to why he wasn't in charge of the no campaign and being Gordon Brown being Scottish himself of course and having a fair amount of credibility in Scotland but yeah a huge amount of pressure coming forward uh, this evening as we could very well see Scotland and people living in Scotland vote to separate their future from the future of, uh, of the rest of the United Kingdom. It seems extraordinary that nobody treated this particularly seriously until the opinion polls started coming out in the last few weeks and those opinion polls suggested very strongly for the first time that the race was neck and neck between the yes voters people who want to stay part are who who want to separate and the no campaign which uh, want to keep britain as uh, keep scotland as part of the united kingdom Uh, and yeah what is it all about well it goes back 370 years to the act of union it goes back to scotland feeling subjugated uh, by england and there's an enormous amount of politics if you're scottish and you're in south africa tonight and if you were in scotland what would you be voting for. I chatted to my friend Chris Gilmore yesterday, the analyst at APSA uh, Wealth, and uh, he, is, he is a proud Scot with uh, very deep South African roots. But he would be going and he would be voting for a separation from Britain. And it's all about having a say over your own future as an independent country. Uh, we've had different groups in South Africa, of course, who've wanted independence here too uh, at different points in history. Is it necessarily a healthy thing, one wonders? Your thoughts tonight on 011 8830702021446567 as we look at the future of Rump Britain, as some are calling it. And then, of course, we've got an interest rate announcement tomorrow. That's a big one for you if you have got debt. It's a big one if you're a pensioner. Pensioners, of course, who have been falling, uh, falling behind in terms of their income that they receive on their investments. So that is a lot of pressure coming through there as well. And then Kevin Hedewick this evening, uh, quite explosively, uh, suggests that he may very well be courting the green grocer Thrups, Thrups, which has been operating in Johannesburg and at various points uh, in Cape Town as well over the last 120 years. Um, could we see, could we very well see uh, famous brands taking over Thrups, I wonder. So lots to, on tonight's Money Show. Ludwig Marishani, the founder of Head Boy Industries, fabulous entrepreneur this evening. He's going to tell us how he wrote a business plan on a smartphone, how he did research for his key invention, which is the waterless bath using his smartphone as well. Peter Anderson joins us on the line from the UK this evening. I can't believe that this has finally come to a head, Peter Anderson. The Scots go to the polls tomorrow for probably the biggest decision in their history as a country since William Wallace. Absolutely. A potentially 4.2 million voters. That's 97% of those eligible to vote. That's how many people have registered to actually cast their vote in this ballot. And as you say, ballots open in just 12 hours' time, just a little over 12 hours after all the campaigning, all the claims and counterclaims. We are finally going to have the votes hitting the bottom of the ballot boxes and a decision will be made. And I have to say, though, many business leaders and financial experts are joining 
politicians in saying that Scotland should reject independence. They think it is bad for the country, bad for business. The trouble is voters vote generally with their hearts, whether it comes to every, every you know, elections every five years. Very seldom do voters vote with their heads. And, and I think that's true in this one. And the politicians have, have described this as a battle of hearts against heads. The, the opposition, those who want to maintain the union, have said, yes, your heart may tell you you want independence, but your head has to dictate that it would be better to stay together. And that has come, that argument has come from the Prime Minister, David Cameron, also the leader of the opposition, Ed Miliband, who leads the Labour Party, as well as Nick Clegg, who is Deputy Prime Minister, but leads the third biggest party here in the UK, the Liberal Democrats, they have all said it's time to vote with your head, not with your heart. And interestingly, there does seem to be a split between younger and older. Younger, more idealistic people may be wanting a split. Those older with more financial concerns saying we should stay as one entity. Uh, What's really interesting here is finally politicians in Westminster, based in London, are paying attention to Scotland. Um, The Scots have got what they want. They've finally been treated seriously. They are, and I think that has has caused some antagonism in this. In in recent days, we've seen increasing uh, offers and pledges from the main Westminster parties. They, for example, took out a full page in one of Scotland's largest papers uh, just a a day or so ago to, to issue a pledge on how they would transfer powers across if Scotland agrees to stay in the Union. That has thrown up a number of accusations. Firstly, as you imply, why on earth wasn't Scotland taken more seriously? Why has it taken this risk of breaking the union before Scotland gets what it thinks it deserves? But interestingly, you're also now getting counter-arguments from England, from Wales, from Northern Ireland, the other parts of the union, saying you can't give Scotland preferential treatment. If they're getting this, why can't we? Um, It's a really interesting political moment, but there are lots of reasons as to why economically it just doesn't make sense. There, There doesn't seem to be a strong economic blueprint coming out of the Scottish National Party. It's like, this is a nice idea. Let's get independence and we'll sort out the details later. Things as simple as the future of the currency, the future of oil reserves in the North Sea. Those sorts of issues are very much up in the air, aren't they? They they are, and and one of the great uncertainties is that Scotland, after independence, wouldn't know what currency it would be entitled to use. If it votes tomorrow for independence, it would have 18 months to steer that uh, that transition period. However, you've got the political leadership in Westminster saying, if you want to go alone, you don't get to use the pound. We will keep the pound. You cannot have a currency union. And and that that claim has been backed up by some very influential characters, including Mark Khan, who's the, uh, the head of the Bank of England, as well as uh, Alan Greenspan, a very well-renowned U- US economist and significant because he headed up the Federal Reserve. Yep. They, also, they both say that you cannot have the pound. On the flip side, you've got people within Europe saying, hold on a second, you can't use the euro. You're not entitled to join the EU immediately. You cannot join the euro. And as you say, oil reserves, huge, huge row over how much money is going to come from oil reserves, accusations that the Scottish government is overstating the number of barrels of oil that are still in the ground. They say 24 billion, whereas some experts, including them Sir Ian Wood, who's a highly influential figure in the oil industry, says it's it's a fraction of that. It's only 15 to 16 and a half billion barrels and also claims over how much that oil will be worth, with the Scots independence lobby uh, claiming it is said that the, uh, the barrel price would be much higher than it will be in reality. A real good says that money could leave Scotland um, and 
Scotland would be responsible for its pensioners dotted all over the world, that corporate headquarters could move out of Edinburgh. Um, all of these um, issues um, which are sub- substantive in terms of the economic future of an independent country. Huge, huge implications. And, and you, you talk about financial institutions. It's not just a, a, a vague uh, threat, a, a vague concern. We have actually seen, seen named organizations, among them highly influential ones, the Royal Bank of Scotland, Clydesdale Bank, Lloyd's Banking Group, which owns the Bank of Scotland, three huge institutions in Scotland, each saying that they are looking at contingency to move their headquarters, their corporate headquarters, registered HQs, from Edinburgh to London in the event of a yes vote. Equally, TSB, another bank, Insurer Standard Life, all of those potentially moving operations south of the border. It could have job implications, although some people say the jobs would stay north of the border, but could have huge tax implications. Where would they be paying their tax bill? Arguably to a London government rather than to a Scottish one. Uh, Karen asks uh, Tan very firmly in cheek, has anybody asked the English if they actually want to keep Scotland? Uh, They have, and interestingly, uh, more people in England want Scotland to stay in the Union than would appear to be the case in Scotland itself. (laughs) Um, But it is interesting that people are saying that if Scotland wants independence, why not offer a similar vote to England? It shouldn't just be the Scots who are given this kind of say in such a huge constitutional issue. This should be open to Wales and England. They should be given the chance to decide whether they go it alone. Too late for that now, though, because the vote happens tomorrow, and actually it's binding, and whatever the Scots decide tomorrow will go down in history, won't it? It will go down in history, and what is being made quite clear is, irrespective of whether it's a yes vote and no vote, and I have to say, in the past few hours, the very last polls in this huge campaign are showing it's neck and neck, too close to call. The latest one shows 51% in favour of uh, staying within the union, 49% mm. wanting to break away, but an incredible 1 in 10 still to make their mind up. Whichever way it goes, yes or no, there's going to be a huge cosmetic battle to bring the two warring sides back together and actually to see the way forward. Even if Scotland remains part of the Union, this is going to be difficult, difficult times with huge constitutional implications. Peter Anderson, our UK correspondent, thank you so much uh, from what is still the United Kingdom for tonight only, potentially.